Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Richie here with you. Spar have launched their Better Choices campaign, which is now available in stores nationwide. This year, Spar will be providing the tools to make everyday better choices more exciting for parents and children alike as they prepare for the return to school. In addition to healthy recipes, Spar have produced their social content series, Seamus Says, which sees the Republic of Ireland captain provide the best tips and fun ideas for keeping children active when it comes to exercising after school and at the weekends. For more information, visit Spar. .ie. And as we mentioned, Helping Spar launch better choices today is the star of Seamus Says, the Republic of Ireland captain, Seamus Coleman. Seamus, you're very welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, first questions first, and I want to hopefully get a bit of an exclusive here. Have you been approached to be, or are you part of any of the prospective Donegal backroom teams that are being possibly formulated <laughs> at the moment? No, not yet. I think the game's changed that much in the last 10 years. There'll be no use to anybody, so... Um, no, definitely not. But I hope hope to get someone someone in that uh, can help them along the way. You, you, I don't know. You'd be a, an ideal S and C guy, I'd say, going into a backroom staff, whether it's Donegal or someone else at this stage. You've managed to catch a bit here and there over the past while. I know you were you were pictured at the qualifier with Armagh in the last while. Like, how has football changed in that respect since I guess since you probably played it as a kid to to where it is now? I'd imagine it's almost a completely unrecognisable game. Yeah, it is. It's a completely different game, even at club level, even uh, around all the all the all the counties. I'm sure at club level, it's the same. Um, just got very tactical, and uh, still a, an unbelievable spectacle. Still love watching it, but I think coaching has changed, and and the, the way the game's played has changed so much. But it doesn't make it any less exciting. I still love you know going to the games. I loved going to the Donegal Armagh game, bar the result. But I do obviously when I was playing, you know. I suppose if you're better than the man you're marking, then you know he'd score a few points or he'd score a few points, whatever the case may be. Whereas now it's more, you know, getting people behind the ball and tactically, you know, kickouts from the goalkeepers and breaking at the right times. And you know, a lot of the time there's both both sets of players in in one half. So it's changed a lot in that regard, but um, it's still an unbelievable spectacle. Be curious to see where you were deployed as a player when you did play. I, yeah, I played centre half back. That was my that was my position. I loved it. You know, you can get a bit of both. You can get attacking a bit, and obviously, your first job was to defend. But uh, you know, I, I loved it. It was a massive part of my life growing up, and you know, still to this day, I'll watch it. Like, but um, yeah, massive part of my life, and I love the sport. In that respect, would you be unusual in an Everton dressing room, whereby you would have played a competitive sport, a different competitive sport, up to a certain age, and then obviously concentrated on soccer? Whereas I think in especially with younger players, like you, you would have seen it yourself with the young players coming through at Everton. Like they would have been soccer only, possibly throughout their entire young lives and into their young part of their careers. So to have that other background behind you as well has got to be increasingly rare in the English game. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And I think to be honest for you, it, it can do you no harm playing loads loads of different sports. I know you know, nowadays probably back home especially, like you'll have one of the sports kind of trying to pull kids in one direction or saying they need to concentrate on this or that but it does get to a stage where you need to but I think when kids are young from 8 to you know 16 or whatever the case may be I think playing both can benefit yeah I know listen 
there's training loads and things now that you need to worry about and kids injuries and things of course but I think you can get a lot of good from both sports it can kind of help you when you do decide to make that decision on one but over here I do know when I came first Phil Neville um, played a lot of cricket growing up and I think he could have had a good career at that but he had to choose one or the other and, and he picked soccer but um, I do think you can get benefit from playing a few different sports before you have to nail down one. Yeah, physically I'd say probably it worked in your favour and similarly getting to play in the League of Ireland at such a young age as well probably worked physically in your favour as well. In terms of physically at the moment, whereabouts are you? I know you missed the uh, the Chelsea game but you're back involved uh, there last weekend at least on the bench as well. How about your own fitness? Are you coming along okay? Yeah, coming along okay. Um, listen, you know, getting away towards the end of last season, you know, it was... It was I was kind of hanging on there. I had a, had a problem and, you know, it was the situation that we were in at the club. You kind of had no time to get it right, I suppose. And um, I had a week off before I went away with Ireland then, hoping it would settle. But unfortunately, it didn't settle. So um, I had to take some time out. And unfortunately, because of that, I missed pre-season games. But at the minute now, the pain's gone the, and uh, I'm looking, looking forward and I'm, I'm starting to get my fitness up bit by bit. Obviously, I'll be a little bit behind the rest of the lads in terms of minutes and things like that but uh, fully fit and, and looking forward to another season It's been a difficult start so far to the season for Everton but I guess the positive aspect from it from your point of view is uh, you haven't been out of sight in either of those games that you played so far in the Premier League there have been one goal margins in both of them that's something to build on and imagine Frank has probably drove home that message in the past couple of weeks as well that you know you're not far away where do you feel Everton are as a squad this season as compared to last because last last year was I, I guess it was broken up into three bits and trying to get out of trouble was the of course the last part of all that uh, you managed it whereabouts are Everton this season what's the what's the aim yeah no listen of course we would have liked to pick up some points in the games but I think like you touched on we were competitive we were in the games there wasn't much in it um, I think you know we've added a lot of experience to the group which is good and Connor Cody and James Tarkovsky you know um, men that have been around a long time at uh, at Premier League level even lower down and you know played a lot of games and I think it's good to to add that to a dressing room because uh, they've got a lot of experience and I think we probably lacked that at times last year we, we, we probably missed a bit of experience so to have them added to the group is massive and uh, I think you, you talked about there wasn't much in the game, a goal here or there, but I think now across the Premier League, it's that competitive that there's very fine margins in all the games. So, you know, it's quite a boring answer, but I think as a group, we have to look to Saturday and try and get three points on Saturday and move on from there rather than setting long-term targets or season targets because um, it's such a competitive league and I'm confident that we're going to have a much better season and we just got to prove that on the pitch. How did Frank get on in pre-season? Because obviously, like you mentioned, I was watching an interview you did with Tim Howard on the Everton site there in the summer and you mentioned the importance of, obviously, coming in mid-season is its own thing, but it's getting your feet under the table and managing to get a pre-season with the full squad is is huge for a new manager. Has he settled in okay? Uh, is he bringing things on as, as you kind of anticipated yeah, I think so. I think, again, you can see it with the signings that he's making, you know, as well, of, of what he wants from a group, what he wants from, you know, a group of professionals. And, you know, I think everyone would know the manager from his playing days and, and the way he handled himself and how much he took everything out of his career by, by the work rate he showed him on the training pitches and, and matches. And, and that's starting to rub off in the group in terms of what he expects and the standards that he sets. And 
of course, like you touched on coming in mid-season, is very, very tough, especially, you know, I think it's very, you can underestimate how in a bad place that we would have been, the results weren't going well. Um, you know, we weren't, we weren't in a good, healthy position in the league. So very difficult for a manager to come in to that kind of group. But, you know, he won the fans over massively. They had a great relationship that kind of pushed us over the, over the line in the end. So um, I'm sure he's happy that he's had a pre-season of work Transfer window still open. I'm sure he's still working away and things like that. But we're really confident of of having a good season. You point you you pointed it towards it there. Was the morale within the team so low? Or was it just a case of belief was drained a little bit, or you didn't know where the next result was coming from at that point last season when things did get really sticky for you? Yeah, I think it's just natural. Unfortunately, when when things aren't going well, you've just got to find a way out of it. And sometimes it's not as easy as that you think, you know. And uh, there definitely was games where you probably end up feeling a bit sorry for yourself. Things didn't go your way. There was like handball decisions and penalty decisions that listen, everyone everyone will have their own gripe about from for their own from their own team as well. But just felt like things weren't really going our way. But you know, thankfully at the right times when the manager needed to tell us a few home truths, he did and always got a reaction. And in the end between um, the players, the manager, and and all the fans, we we got over the line in the end. And I keep saying, that's not something that we see as success. What happened last season, it was just relief and and understanding that that's not somewhere where we want to be again. Just relief that we got over the line, but that's not the standards for Everton Football Club without a shadow of a doubt. Of course, in terms of home truths, a lot of headlines were made by uh, Frank's comments in the wake of that quarter final loss in the in the FA Cup to Crystal Palace that. The team didn't have the, for want of a better term, the balls to succeed. Now, <clears throat> it's a very stark phrase to be saying about your own players. And I know you were captain that day, played a full 70 odd minutes as well. What was your initial reaction to that comment from Frank? And what was the reaction within the dressing room towards it? Well, to be honest with you, I've been a player that has always looked in the mirror at all times. So, like, um, I don't think as players, it's something that we, we could question because we weren't good enough. We got beat, I don't know, was it three, four or whatever it was uh, in that game. But there was other games as well, Tottenham away, where, you know, you can you can lose a game, but you've got to show some fight. And I think the manager called it out uh, correctly. And, you know, there was other stuff in-house as well. When he needed to say stuff, he was, he was well within his rights and always got a reaction. So, uh, you know, we're we're playing for a big football club we've got fans paying money we understand that we're under scrutiny at all times so it's part and parcel of the job to own it uh, and understand it and look yourself in the mirror and that's all you ever ask from players that they can be honest with themselves as well I might be wrong on this but you seem kind of mentally pretty self-sufficient you kind of have enough faith in your own ability and your own work rate that you can get through issues get through slumps in seasons get through injuries etc are there people in-house in the club that the players are that they you know with the opportunity arises or if they want to they can turn to in those aspects is there like sports psychologists knocking around the place that help in terms of the team's mentality or or how do things work out there is it just a, a man for man basis no listen uh, I think I've been here long enough and um, have had uh, had my own ups and downs along the way in many many ways lot you know good bits of form bad bits of form injuries uh, things like that I think it's part and parcel and of the journey of being a professional footballer and you know, last year was the first time, obviously, that I had to feel the pressure that we were under as a group. Uh, and myself, personally, you know, I was captain of the club. I've been here a long time. 
So last year was the first time I had to feel that. But I think any of the lads know here that, you know, we're here to support each other. We're here to help each other at all times. And I think that's so important because if everyone's, you know, in a good place mentally, then they can perform better on the pitch. But again, easier said than done. And you need to make sure that lads are comfortable to come to you as well. And I'll always, I think most of the lads in there know that they can, they can come to me and uh, it's an important part of today's game. Yeah, one of those people who I'm sure would have come to you in the last while because uh, just given his, the the age profile involved is Anthony Gordon. There's been a lot of talk about him in the papers this week. Uh, bids from Chelsea, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, being knocked back. Um, I know you're not going to speak to potential deals and all that kind of stuff. Just give us a sense of the the player and perhaps indeed the person that Anthony Gordon is, because the general consensus seems to be that this guy's ceiling is pretty high. No, listen. Speaking on Anthony, um, he's a. Uh He's come into the team. He went out to Preston on loan. He's come into the team last year under under difficult circumstances as well. And I think the fans really held on to that that he was a local boy. And I think you could see by you know he's probably not what is expected of him. It's more the attacking side that people want to see. But we could see someone that was ready for the fight, ready to put it all on the line to get us through that difficult period last year he was going into tackles he was running back and the fans really really took to that really appreciated that and um, the other side he's got ability goes past people he's fast so very very good player and um, you know uh, we'll see what happens with Anthony but at the moment he's an Everton player and of course we all want him to be an Everton player just in terms of age profile as well, it's somebody it seems that given the amount of game time that he has been afforded by Everton and by Frank in particular, that it would benefit him to stay um, at least, I don't want to say in the short term, but certainly for the next season or two to improve as a player because Everton seems like the kind of environment where he could improve more markedly than say getting the odd game here or there for a club elsewhere. Uh, well, again, I don't know what he would get elsewhere. That's not something for me to say, but I can only speak on how the manager is with young players. And he's very, very good with young players. You could see that through his time at Chelsea and even here with Anthony and um, other lads, you know, even Stanley Mills coming through at the minute. You can just see how good the manager is with young players. And uh, Anthony was the same. They, he came in last season, the manager, Joe Edwards as well, in particular, Paul Clement, um, Ashley Cole. But... Uh, they all um, very, very good with young players, very understanding of, of young players and, and wanting to improve them. And because of that, then Anthony flourished. And um, I think the, the manager and Joe and that were, were a big part in that. What's Ashley been like as a coach, actually, Ashley Cole? Because I think it, it almost goes under the radar a little bit that you've got somebody of such a Premier League stature on the coaching staff there. And he plays in a position that uh, on the opposite side, granted, but you'd be pretty familiar with. What's he like to work with? Great to work with. Um Again, someone who you can see loves the game. And I think at this level, you're not going to be a manager or a coach if you don't love the game. Because, you know, you have to spend the years getting the qualifications and things like that. So I think um, you can see the love he has of the game. But again, if he's speaking to a fullback or a defender, even any player, but in particular defenders, if he's telling them his opinion on what their body shape should be or how they should you know, jockey the wing or whatever the case may be, you're you're all ears because of the career that he's had. And uh, I think it's great for us to have someone like that around the place and a really, really good man as well. Is that how you'd envisage your career going? Do you see yourself going into coaching after when badges started just yet? Or Yeah, no, listen, I've, I think you've always got to look to the future. I've just finished my A licence there a couple of months ago. So 
it's something that I'm planning for. Um, I love football. It's something that I've done since I'm 17. Well, I've done it since younger, but professionally since I'm 17. And I've had so many managers to learn from, so many players to learn from that, you know, I think I definitely can give something back in some kind of way to to a certain group of players. So we'll see where that brings me, but it is something that I love. Um, just in terms of like your own Everton status, like the contract is up at the end of this year. Is there plans to extend that? Is this going to be a rolling year on year and see how you feel by April kind of thing? Or no, t- to be honest, and the goalpost has never changed in this regard for me. I, I'm looking for tomorrow, I'm looking okay. to, to, to tomorrow to come in and be the best that I can be in training and to train as hard as I possibly can, and then I'll move on to the next day. And that's how I've looked at my career because you look too far ahead or you take your eye off the ball then you can you can get swept under the carpet very easily so for me it's just pure motivation and determination to be the best I can be tomorrow again and I know it's quite a boring way of looking at things probably but that's just just my way and that's what that's what's kind of given me like my longevity today it's called sensible Seamus it's not boring at all yeah um, I want to touch on the Ireland stuff as well because obviously there's a couple of big games coming up in September against uh, Scotland over in Hamden then at home to Armenia of course as well it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy um, I guess Nations League campaign so far but it certainly did end on a positive in June with that 3-0 win at home to Scotland I know you are injured for these last couple of games but there did seem to be an uptick in mood and a clicking in terms of how things were working tactically for Stephen this work in progress that finally seems to be getting a bit momentum behind it. Yeah, listen, there's been ups and downs, of course, along the way, and I think that's the way it is at, you know, a, a, a elite sport at the highest level. And um, I think the manager has bedded a lot of new players into the group, uh, you know, lads that are now probably on 10, 15, 20 caps and slowly but surely gaining more and more experience at international level. And um, I think against Scotland, the lads were unbelievable. I watched it and you know, it showed resilience from the group and the manager because, you know, as you said, it was it's been a bit up and down. The Armenia result wasn't great, but it, it would be very easy to go into your shell and 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 not kind of be brave with what you're trying to do. And I think the lads played really well on the on the on the afternoon. And uh, going forward, we need to keep that positivity and we need to keep bedding young players. And I think like Josh Cullen, for example, I've mentioned him a few times today, but like you know, he's slowly but surely gathering the caps in the years now and. You're starting to see the benefits of that as well. So long may that continue. And ultimately, the the main aim is to qualify for major tournaments. Easier said than done, I know, but it's got to be the main aim between us all, and uh, we'll keep striving for that. Like obviously, I'm I'm thinking of when the Euros land. It's just under two years away. Touch wood, Ireland are there. Do you still hope to be involved with the squad at that stage? What did I just say about thinking of tomorrow? <laughs> um, but no, in terms listen, of like international campaigns, like it's surely got to be consideration to a degree when you're when you're going into it to think that the Ireland stuff, that the major tournament is at the end of the rainbow, considering you've been there before and want to get there again. No, listen, of course, uh, you know, I was only messing there, but um, for me, like playing for Ireland is it's just an unbelievable honour. It's an honour that, you know, that we don't take for granted. I think the senior players in the squad at the minute are such big pushers of trying to let make everyone understand what it means to play for Ireland. I had it with, you know, Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, Shea Given, John O'Shea. I, I seen them boys and what it meant to them and how they spoke. And uh, we're trying to pass that on. And it's genuine. Like, it's hard to explain, but there's such an unbelievable feeling when you pull on that green shirt. And what the only thing that tops putting on the green shirt is doing it at a major tournament like we did in 2016. So there's a massive, massive... Um, 
ambition to get there. Of course, of course, I'd love to be part of that. Of course, and again, we'll just see how we go day to day. But um, of course, that that's something that I want to do. One of the things we've seen though in recent Ireland games is that you've been playing as part of a, a back three as opposed to being an out and out wing back. Like, speak to us a little bit about the differences between those two positions. Does it? Do you feel like it suits you more? Uh, I hate to say it, your advanced age at this stage, or do you feel like you're just happy to be part of the eleven now at this stage? Because they do, they are two very distinct and very different roles now. Yeah, very, very different roles, definitely. And then, um, you know, towards the end of the last season here, the Everton, I was playing right to the back three, and for Ireland, I'd been playing right to the back three. I played wing back against Armenia and Portugal and things like that, but I'd been playing played there a few times but the roles are so different and yeah listen there's no getting away from it I'm not getting any younger but that wing back role is demanding but I still feel fit still feel physically fit but I'm not 22 I'm not going to be galloping up and down exactly the same as I was 10 years ago but um, yeah I really enjoy the right centre back role right to the three I think you get a bit of both You're, you you have to be comfortable in one on one defending in wide areas and getting yourself out there and that's something that I'm used to from my full back days anyway and and it's both roles that I really enjoy but yeah right to the back three has been really good for me at the moment and I've really enjoyed it and you've got some hell of a competition there in terms of the Ireland jersey for that position as well when you consider the, the likes of Andrew Obamadeli Nathan Collins has obviously come through like a train in the last six months to a year and that's not even taking into account Messrs Duffy and Egan who are on the, the left hand side of you we're incredibly well stocked in that department aren't we? Yeah do you know what it's great to see as well and um, I know Andrew's had maybe a tough maybe six months or so with with the with the injury but a very very good player he came on against Portugal away played very well I think it might have even been his debut but played very very well and listen you, t- you touched on uh, Nathan there the last six months but really really exciting for Irish supporters and for for me as 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 captain of the group to see them lads coming through and I think comp- competition is what makes you successful competition for places and uh, yeah well stacked in that area and them them two lads in particular are doing really really well and long may continue because they're young boys with um, you know 10-12 years ahead of them so hopefully that, that can be the case for them Fingers crossed they get to have you as a teammate for the next while as well because I know the boost you give to the squad when you're around them Seamus Coleman it's been an absolute pleasure to have you this evening to speak to and thank you so much for taking time out for us Seamus helping launch SPAR and their Better Choices campaign which is now available in stores nationwide SPAR providing the tools to make everyday better choices more exciting for parents and children alike as they prepare for the return to school in addition to Healthy Recipes SPAR produced their social content series Seamus says of which Seamus is a star there and sees Seamus provide the best tips and fun ideas for keeping children active when it comes to exercising after school and at the weekends for more information visit spar.e Seamus Coleman an absolute pleasure thank you very much football on off the ball with Sky get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports